may not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education. Beebity boo, doot doodle doo, deebada pow. Welcome to a real education noir. I am Melissa, and this is Wendy, and this is Ellie, and we are here today to take a look at Brick. <laughs> so up till now we have been watching very standard films noir you know they were made in the united states at a certain time period they were all they were your classic your noir. classic your classic yeah um uh the what the tropes were based on you mm-hmm. know so. and so now we're going to watch we're going to bring it into the modern era and we're going to watch something that was heavily influenced by films that came before it yes not just noir but also spaghetti westerns and a little bit of anime there's a lot coming into brick (laughs) there really is yeah but it it's a it's a movie made by somebody who really loves movies and who would that be that would be ryan johnson that's right Uh, the man who also brought us looper and the brothers bloom i have not seen brothers bloom oh i have seen looper it's quite a thing and i have seen now is there anybody who hasn't seen Brick? Oh gosh, would that oh that be me? <laughs> Yay! We got a newbie. Surprise, Allie hasn't seen a film. <laughs> well, that is why we have a real education, Allie. That's right. Yeah. As so you can you can eat pizza and drink wine and watch movies with us. Oh god, this is the best gig I've ever had. I know. <laughs> a podcast is just an excuse to do something you wanted to do anyway. Yeah, yeah, it, it truly is. So dear <laughs> listeners, if you've been thinking about doing a podcast, do a podcast. It's a great yeah, idea. Of course, of course. I've got web space. So anyway, dear listeners, uh we are going to go watch Brick, and we hope you do too. It, uh, I believe it's on various streaming channels, so fairly easy to get your hands it on. It stars the incomparable yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That adorable mm-hmm. little girl from Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Only now he's all grown up and getting kind of hot. Right? Um, ah. And other people are in it that I also re- vaguely remember, but mostly I just remember it's really... N- Nora Zedner's in this too. Is she not? Yeah, and Lucas Haas is in this. And... Yeah. Oh, that's right. Lucas yeah. Haas. But yeah. this really is a film that is centered on Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It yeah. was definitely a movie that reminded you, oh, hey, that guy can act. Oh, yeah. And, and hell, he can. Because mm-hmm. was I, I'm going to look at his filmography, but I feel like this was sort of the one of the like films that launched him one. like back into the consciousness. I believe it was. I believe it was. But uh, yeah, we can look at that when we're not podcasting. Yes. So we're going to go watch this movie now, yo. Yeah. I'm excited. Let's Ooh. do it. Yeah. Woo! That was brick. Holy shit! That was awesome. <laughs> Allie is happy. Oh my god, I'm thrilled. <laughs> it was everything I didn't know it was gonna be, and everything it, I wanted it to be without knowing that I wanted it. <laughs> Isn't it just great? Oh my gosh! And there, there was a very brief moment. Now it's not a surprise as we watch these movies. Sometimes it's like, oh, I need to quick check my phone oh i need to quick send a text and i look over and Allie's like on her ipad i'm like Allie, 
you seriously need to be watching this movie every goddamn second. And then I put my iPad down and I realized she was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And I did not check my email again throughout the entire movie. <laughs> it's it's just one of those, especially the first time you watch it, it's like too much is happening. There's visual stuff going on. I mean, it's a mystery. It's a flat out mystery. It's, and it's a pretty dense one. Too. It is. Mm-hmm. It's very dense. So not as impenetrable as Inherent Vice by... No, you go any stretch of the imagination. Nothing is an impenetrable as of as inherent bias, but boy, do we need to watch that for this I, series? Yeah, we do. I real <laughs> what I really really love is I love that at the end, he's like, "You did it," and she's like, "What?" And he's like, "What? You want me to tell you a story?" And I'm like, "Yes, please. Yes, please. Please, please tell please, us a story. Please tell the audience a story and connect all the dots just for those who who missed it. Please, yes. Mr. Gordon Levitt. Please, please narrate for us. Oh." then you did this and then you did this and of course because she is the ultimate femme fatale she was great she's like oh you got nine out of ten but here's the one thing you missed i love you nora i love you so much (laughs) she's i just i adore her it will come as no shock to anybody who knows me well i know her from heroes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i love her face immensely and her her what little I've seen of her career, I'm just like, yes, do more things. I just want to watch her do everything. She's fantastic. So to have her in that role for me was just like, yes, this is what I needed out of this film was I needed her to be that character. And I was so thrilled that she was that character. Yeah, she's pretty fabulous. All right. So briefly, so, for those who haven't seen it. Yes, please, please a, do the summary, Wendy. A plot summary. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, when you first see him, he's crouching by the body of a girl. Mm-hmm. And then it flashes back to two days previous. And uh, a note is put in his locker to me to go to a, a location where there's a there's a lot of payphones, which dates the movie incredibly. Yes. <laughs> but it also really adds to that noir feel of, you know, just the grittiness and the an- anonymity that we have lost mm-hmm. by the lo- that we don't have payphones anymore. So anyway, um his ex-girlfriend calls him. She's into some serious shit, but she gets spooked. He's like, no, I can help you. And so then the first part of the movie is him starting to use all his contacts to try to find Emily, his ex-girlfriend. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? I don't know, man. Well, maybe she's here. Well, maybe this person would know. Blah, blah, blah. And finally, she, she shows up. She shows up. She's still alive at this point because mm-hmm. it's two days previous. She shows up to talk to him. And it's your classic noir scene where, you know, he's just so in love with her still. And she's like, you know, I really loved you, but I, I'm not the I'm not you put me on a pedestal and that's not who I am. And that's not the life I want. And she wanted more. She wanted to be connected. She wanted to be cool. She's like, oh, we were too separate. I wanted to be around people. And so she leaves. But he lifts her little notebook where he finds a little note for a rendezvous. But he doesn't know what it means. And then he figures it out and he goes there late and there's and, her body. Mm-hmm. So now he's got to find out what happened. So then he basically goes undercover. At um, his high school. Dear <laughs> listeners, he, this is happening in high school. Oh, this my is, God. Oh, I this was is waiting until the end to say that. This is a teen movie. <laughs> well, no, I think I think we've set it up enough that we can tell. This is a teen movie that has all the noir trappings and a little bit of spaghetti western. It's and very it's very noir, arch. But the setting is a high school. Yeah. So like his sort of tech guru contact guy 
is called Brain, and he's just the school nerd who knows how to hack things and knows how to get information and hangs out at the library. And, uh, you know, so he's he's making contacts with the druggies, and then there's the football jocks and all these, all these different cliques that he's shaking down in different ways. And then at one point, the assistant principal... Uh, who is Richard Roundtree? Yes. <laughs> who is fucking Shaft? Yes. Shaft is running this school. <laughs> he pulls him in. Just he pulls him in to like talk to him, and it's one of those classic scenes of you know a private dick and a cop. And the private dick is like, man, you're going to blow my cover if you keep pulling me in here trying to get stuff out of me. I'm I'm working I'm working an angle. OK, but you got to be able to give us something at the end of it, mister, or else you're the one going to be taking the fall. Only it's an assistant vice president. There's a yes. great line where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, don't come kicking down my homeroom door. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. The, the whole teen element throws in just these ridiculous moments that frankly are needed as it gets really heavy and really mm-hmm. intense and then it's like okay this ridiculous thing just happened because you guys are fucking teenagers <laughs> but you're, but what's so great is that that's what teenagers do they yes. take oh, everything yeah. so oh, seriously yes. and there's a so as he's looking to find out what happened to emily the brains in the brains like i don't know there's all these rumors about the pin the king pin you know some old guy like 26 who lives in the basement of his mother's home and the mom shows up every once in a while and gives him cookies it's true true. it is hilarious so he eventually does make contact with the kingpin and now he's in with the kingpin so he's working that angle and i mean it's all very convoluted in terms of plot but the important thing here is that he's starting to dig closer and closer to finding out what's going on and the brick is referring to a brick of drugs and, of course, there's another female who's worming her way close to him. And he's like, I don't know what your angle is and I don't trust you. And she's like, I'm on your side and blah, blah, blah. But you know, because it's a classic noir, that you can't trust her. You can't. Don't you go trust in her. Can't trust anybody. You can't trust mm-hmm. anybody. And, of course. Okay, spoilers. If you don't want to know. Although, well, just watch the movie. Seriously. It's great. But even if you already know the whole plot, you're... You still need to watch the movie because the dialogue is crackling. Yes, it is. And the visuals are fantastic and the acting is top notch. And the way they pull off dragging out these noir tropes in a high school setting is fantastic because he's got basically your horror contact is mm-hmm. in the theater program. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so every time he goes around her, she's in a different costume. Did you come to see the show? No. Nobody has come to see the show. Nobody's coming to see the show. <laughs> you know, finally she's doing like the Mikado. And yes. she has the, the kabuki makeup. Kabuki on. makeup. <laughs> and there's always some freshman never in frame just underneath her and like and, and then, and then she snaps her fingers and he goes running off like a lap dog. He pops up. <laughs> He's like, look, another dog and the dog and pops up. He's like, no, get back down there. And you're just like, what is he? What is this person doing down there that they're in public? And then, yeah, it's very strange. And the mom of the kingpin with, did you, I don't know. Did you want orange juice? I don't have orange juice. It's tang. Oh, that's really more like soda. I've got (laughs) apple juice. And meanwhile, he's sitting across from the kingpin at the dining room table and they're giving each other, you know, those steely eyed glares while the mom is bustling in the kitchen. Completely missing it. It's the kitschiest kitchen (laughs) ever. The the, the kitchen has like wood paneling, much like this basement where it's very 70s. It's very 70s and there's like a a, um, a 
chicken ewer on the table, you know, <laughs> yes. the, the, the pitcher. Out of. And, 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 and the kingpin is sitting there dressed like Barnabas Collins from... Yes! <laughs> from, oh my god. From Dark Shadows. From Dark Shadows. He's with, got a cane with a and a little cane. capelet. Yeah. God and he's like 26. Movie. He's old. Yeah, yes. he's very old. Lewis <laughs> Haas. He's, he's, he's almost as old as Barnabas Collins, let's be honest. Oh here. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's ancient. Ancient. <laughs> and, and, and of course, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's playing the, the main character gets progressively more beaten up throughout the oh my god <laughs> he gets just well the, I mean, not him tug, getting, yeah. tug the thug who's yeah. uh the primary right the tugger, hand yeah the primary right hand man to the kingpin there's a fantastic scene where he's like figured out that this guy's connected with the kingpin and um that, like out of nowhere he comes up and hits him and he comes to later and blah, blah, blah. And then he sees the car and he's going to crack the window. And here comes Tug just walking at him. And he's like, OK, maybe I'm not going to crack the window. I'm going to put the brick down. So he comes up and right before he gets there, he's like, I want to see the pin. And then the t- Tug yeah. just starts hitting him, hits him. He falls down, tries to get in the car. He stands back up. I want to see the pin. Hits him. He falls down. <laughs> Tug tries to get in the car and he stands back up, turns around. I want to see the it just goes off, and <laughs> just it's keeps... hilarious. Yes. Oh my god. So anyway, the uh, so finally, because of the way the convolutedness of the plot, uh, Tug and the Kingpin are now at odds with each other. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character Brendan has set it up that they're going to meet late at night, but he is setting them both up for the cops to show up and nail them both. Because, you know, just fuck all this shit. And because that's what his angle was the entire time. His angle was, I I, I want to get justice for Emily. Um, so he, he, as he's doing that, though, uh, things go south and the two groups start fighting and it turns into a bloodbath. All because the brick that was supposed to be there is missing. And that's the final clue. Beep. And he's like, I know exactly what's going on. I know who's playing me and I know how she's been playing all of it. And he leaves and then, you know, the girl who's been so helpful, he's like, yeah, tell her to meet me at the field. And they meet at the field. And he's like, you, you're the one who did it. Mm-hmm. And she's all like, no, no, no. And he's like, yep, yep, yep. And then she's <laughs> like, oh, except that she really was pregnant, but it wasn't his kid. And it wasn't his kid. But she did tell me that she would have kept the kid, except she didn't love the father. Yeah, that part was just. just ranch, ranch. Yeah, that's just like needle twist mm-hmm. i'm like oh that was good mm-hmm. such a smart script yeah oh my god and and so well directed i mean oh, yeah. the, the angles yeah. and the visuals and oh just it's so fucking clever was this his first movie this was his first movie Sweet so Jesus. ryan johnson wrote this script in 1997 and it took him six years to get funding for it so it eventually came out in 2005 uh, so this is, you know, one of those really strong first film out the door things where he had many, many years to polish this thing before he actually got to make it. Yeah. But I mean, what had he been doing? Because he is masterful with that camera as well. Oh, he he had done several short films before this. Okay. And then... Um, but still, I mean, yeah. he, he seems competent with actors, with, mm-hmm. with, the, with the camera. Well, he also, um, as I mentioned to Wendy, and she didn't know this earlier... Um, 
Ryan Johnson was the editor on a little horror film that we love called May. May! And, and May came out in, what, 2002, 2003? So it was before mm. this. So, I mean, he, he, had, he, has his ed- he had his editing chops already before making Brick. Yeah, so he knew, I mean, okay, so he, he had some skills. Just yeah. because, wow, talk about bursting onto yeah. the scene. Dear, dear listeners, if you have seen May, May walks through at one point in Brick. At the costume party. <laughs> yes. You see her walk through with the cooler. <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and, and done. <laughs> and you, oh, oh. oh hey. hey, look at that. Oh, such a glorious script. Yeah. Um, so this is more that noir, as we've we've said, this is more the noir of the convoluted plot where the where your hero is stuck trying to make sense out of the craziness around him well it's also you know he's not like a hundred percent the good guy everybody's got some darkness to them nobody is what they seem there's um it, and the script is very dashell hammett yes like, really 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 dashell hammett <laughs> so it's that type of noir yeah. where nobody actually wins yeah i mean he finds the people who um hurt emily but it was he was never going to get back together with Emily. Emily didn't want to get back together with him. So this mm-hmm. was a doom. It's one of those doomed relationships things. And then so he maybe there's this other girl, except this is the girl who's totally actually betrayed him from the beginning. Nobody. And so even though he gets justice, he doesn't actually win. So it's right. all it's always that very angsty sort of uh, closure of yeah, well I nailed it. Yeah, but that doesn't make my life any better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way I just I love that feeling in these movies of you can tell that the the central character keeps turning, kind of turning on a spot, trying to spot all the angles and figure out where all the angles are coming to play until they finally come back around to themselves and look at everything and go, well, oh, shit, I got played. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, in a way, he does get played. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets played to some level. I mean, Laura if... is playing everybody yeah. throughout the whole film because every time something goes terrible but then turns out kind of okay. The comment is always, Laura took care of it. Laura talked me down. Laura smoothed it over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she was beautiful. angling the entire time to get rid of the pin, to get rid of Tug, and to step into their place. She would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't hit, if it weren't for Brendan. <laughs> if she hadn't messed with Emily, yeah, she would have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If she'd left, if Brendan probably would have been happy to just, eh, fine, whatever. It's no skin off my nose who's running the drug ring. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Ah, <laughs> so good. So how great is Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this? So good. I mean, so, so good. I, I've seen things online where um, they mentioned that his performance was partly based on Spike from Cowboy Bebop. And now watching it, it's like, yeah, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Kinda. Well, especially the way he walks with yeah. his hands yeah. dug into the pockets of his jacket, hunched over. Yeah, and, and, and he's hair. got the, the hair and the... But it's really mm-hmm. that slouchy, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, and very thin. They and, kept him very thin. And mm-hmm. Spike is very much the type of, I'm just going to keep mouthing off and let you keep hitting me oh, until yeah. I get what I want. Which, which kind of makes me want a Cowboy Bebop live action movie with Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt as Spike. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a bit of all right. Mm-hmm. That would make me happy. That's a happy noise. Um, <laughs> Wendy has her hands underneath the blanket she's under. It's just like, just, oh, it's just happy. Happy. Hand check. They're Hand fine. Check. It's yeah. okay. Um, well, that would be okay. Yeah. 
That, that's almost as good as Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a room full of puppies. It almost, yes. <laughs> almost. Almost. Dear, dear Allie is looking at us. I know. Like, I, I'm... <laughs> I completely understand exactly okay. what you're talking about. Okay, okay. excellent. Um, <laughs> dear listeners, if you've not seen the interview, that's probably the best part of the interview. <laughs> There's a lot of There's a lot to things. like about the interview, but the best thing is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Three seconds of Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a room full of puppies. <laughs> yeah, and he looks so happy. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> I love, I, yeah, I love it when he's uh, baiting Brad, the yeah. football yeah. player, and Brad with his, I can't do the job. If I'm not on the field, and everybody's just standing like, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's told the story once already. <laughs> you caught me. I'm a scout from the Gophers. Yes, yes. <laughs> you got heart, kid. How soon can you be in Minneapolis? The winters are cold, cold but the public transport pressure. is great. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. The, the public transport here it's in Minneapolis awful. is shit. <laughs> I just, I just love that. You caught me. You got heart. When can you be in Minneapolis? <laughs> and then he comes up. He's like, maybe we should take this somewhere more private. And I was like the other side of the parking lot. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, how is this private? But Joseph Gordon was like, yeah, we could go off together. And I'm just like, and like with you, all with right. you, yeah, with you, all right. I'm just like, kiss him, just kiss him, kiss, kiss him, kiss. Off. <laughs> I was ex- I was expecting to be like I'm not your type, <laughs> ah, but he lays him out and it's super satisfying. Mm-hmm. He really does. Yeah, it it is a very satisfying movie in terms of character, in terms of acting, in terms of how it's directed, um, the- how the pieces start flying together, yeah. and then you know just and also um, the pacing that right at the point where you're, there's a little bit too a lot of plot going on you need a little moment to be like wait what's going on there'll be this moment of stillness still <sighs> wackiness just yes off kilter stillness like I love when he gets in the van to talk <laughs> oh to the pin, and the pit is sitting there in this couch that's in a van with a side table with and a, a lamp fucking 70s table lamp <laughs> and the, and the, in, a, in a van that, that keeps jostling the, 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 the shade on the lamp is going rattle 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 as they're going over bumps and, the, in the and van. he's sitting there and poor joseph gordon levitt there's no place for him to sit so he's doing that thing where you're standing in a van but you're too tall to stand in it so he's sort of bent over at the waist <laughs> and just standing there like, it's so awkward and then what's so great is apparently they just did a quick spin around the the parking lot because they drop him off <laughs> right back where he got in, and it hasn't been that long. Yup, it's just like oh, it's hilarious. Get in, take a spin around, get out. There you go. Or or the glimpses into Tug's home life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All his family dressed exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a bit creepy. <laughs> yes. And just the way that all the heads turn. <laughs> or, or the beautiful scene when they first get to the, the Pins house, they take Joseph Gordon-Levitt upstairs and have his eyes covered, bring him down to that dark hallway. You turn on the light and the hallway is just yes. filled with people. Yes. <laughs> just standing in the dark. What the hell? <laughs> just <laughs> waiting There's in no, line. No explanation. <laughs> There's just a line on either side of the hall of people. Did they take a number? Are they waiting to be called in? What? is happening <laughs> oh and i love when he's beating up dode when you first meet dode and dode's like mouthing off and he smacks him and then like all the other you know druggies are like peeking over and he's like yeah well i got all five sentences and i slept last night so i'm six ahead all you ass 
Yes. <laughs> and they just stand there and let their boss get the shit kicked out of him after he's like, yeah, they're going to take you out. And they're just like, no, we're, we're fine right here where we're at. And then, yeah. no, no, they're not. And then he leaves and they're like, oh, yeah, don't, don't come back. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, uh, Noah Segan, who plays Doad here, mm-hmm. and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are in all three of... Ryan Johnson's movies. Well, yeah, because I know Noah. Noah's in Looper. Yeah, Noah and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are both well, in, Looper. in Looper. Looper and in Brothers Bloom, there's like a party sequence where they both show up very briefly. Oh, Lucas yeah. Haas is in the party sequence in Brothers Bloom. Oh, that's as is, as is Nora. Nora's in the Brothers Bloom oh, as not, well. Are they in Looper though? Well, we'd know. have to take. A look, well, I did yeah. check. I did check um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's f- filmography, and obviously he was in Third Rock from the Sun. That that was the first sort of yeah, because he was he was young. Yeah, uh, he was in Ten Things I Hate About You, as well. He had a small role. He had a role in that too, but um, but and yeah, after but- that he did like Manic, and tr- he was did he voiced Jim Hawkins in Treasure Planet, Latter Days, Mysterious Skin. None of these are anything that you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. So really. It's brick. Yeah. And then suddenly he's in numbers and The Lockout. And then Brothers, Brothers Bloom. Bloom. And it just Five Hundred Days yeah. of Summer. And so then G.I. Joe. Brick is really like, hi, I'm an adult actor. Playing a teenager. <laughs> yes. As you do as, as an adult you do. actor. As you do. As you do. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like thirty been? in this movie. Eighty one? He was twenty four when he was in Brick. Yeah. So he's only two years younger than that old guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a fun movie. So great. Yeah. So oh, there's two Noahs. The guy oh, who yeah, plays Tug is also a Noah. Yeah, there there's so many Noahs in this movie. But yeah, Noah no Segan plays Kid, Kid Blue in Looper. He's also a, a buttonumathoner, as along with Ryan Johnson. Yeah, uh, I've never, I, I, I don't know that I ever ever seen Ryan. I think. Oh, he he was right next to us picking up our badges this year. Yeah, I just it's just one of those things that mm-hmm. he doesn't visually like. Well, you leaned over to me. I recognize him. Who is that? And I went, Oh, that's Ryan Johnson. No, Segan. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I recognize Noah. I think yeah, I recognize like, Noah's very easy to recognize because he he's got those. Eyes are a little too close to his eyebrows. Kind of that. Yeah, and that yeah, forehead. That forehead. Thing. He's got a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some <laughs> eyes and a forehead and a chin. His forehead is pretty, like. Oh, it is, it's very notable. It, it, it is a notable forehead. Come on, don't be, don't be laughing at me. <laughs> distinctive is a good word. Okay. Distinctive. Yes, yes, yes. Very distinctive. So, yeah, we should wrap this up. We should. We should. Um, So what are we going to do next? We're going to do Shadow of a Doubt because we have not done Hitchcock yet. Yes. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. Shadow of a Doubt is really fun and... So, listeners, you have until our next podcast to uh, dig up Shadow of a Doubt, watch it for yourself, and then tune in with, and join us as we talk about that next time. Woohoo! I don't know what that noise was. Um, so I'm Wendy, <laughs> joined as always by... Allie. And Melissa. And thank you for listening to Real Education Noir. We hope you enjoy our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a noir education.
Thank you for joining us for A Real Education Noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. Please visit our website at r-e-e-l-e-d-u-n-o-i-r.com. Once there, you can comment on our episodes, as well as find links to our feeds on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook. Special thanks to Tim Wick, Jeffrey Brown, and Chad Dutton for our theme music. If you like our show, you might also like our parent podcast, A Real Education, which discusses all genres of film. You can find it on the web at r-e-e-l-e-d-u dot com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. I want to see the pin. <laughs> <laughs>